Tony Schultz. How are you, my Hi. friend? It's good to have you. Um, let's get this party started. Let's do it. So um, you said something fascinating, which which we were you know we were having a conversation offline. Tony said something that just spurred on a whole thought process, and I was like, oh my god, this is a great prod- podcast topic. We got to do it. So here we are. Um, and Tony, you said something to the effect of. How did pollution become macho? Like, <laughs> break break that down for me if you could. Well, yeah, I'm paraphrasing. So, well, I'm just thinking. How did they co? How did the right seem to co-opt the idea that um, polluting, being anti-environmental, as macho, and you know, not and in addition to that, how did they get it to? get us all to think that, you know, because of those kind of regulations, it's job killers, it's anti-American, and it's not macho. It's somehow being a, a wussy or something like that. I, I, never, I never quite understood how they were able to do that. And you have to give them credit for, that's a pretty good sales job. <laughs> you really suckered a lot of people with that one. Great job, right? I mean, so, you know, who doesn't love salmon, a redwood tree, clean air, a beautiful mountain stream, right? But but I've I've actually been called Tony like a liberal, you know, pansy ass tree hugger. <laughs> and and this cracks me up cuz like okay, so you're insulting me because I'm appreciative of the clean air I'm breathing and the clean water that I can drink. <laughs> Somehow that's a bad thing. How does that make me some pussy liberal tree hugger, blah, blah, blah. And, and, and I, you know what? Now I embrace these, these labels. Like somebody calls me a tree hugger. I, my chef get chest gets a little puffed out. I'm like, yeah, damn straight. I am. Yeah. I am. It's, it's the whole thing, David, where, Capitalism as opposed to socialism. Somehow socialism means you're less than a man or something. You're, it's not macho. You need help. Looking for a, you need help or something like that. And, and you know, it goes you know back to some of the things that we always talk about the, the sales job that people have done on us. I mean, it's like right up there with McDonald's, Coca Cola, and De Beers diamonds. How did they get us to think the way they want us to think? Thank you for mentioning De Beers. Can we can we do a little uh, a little tangent, little side side route on De Beers right now, just to break that down for people? Because there may be people listening. It's your show, buddy. You're, you're the host of this show. So yeah, I just give give me a little breakdown on De Beers for the people that don't know. De Beers Diamond, and I'm you know I don't have a whole lot of a, a major timeline on this, but somehow De Beers got us to all believe that diamonds means love means marriage you know you you gotta buy diamonds they're it's a beautiful gem but it's incredibly expensive and well how did that get to be standard (laughs) how did that get to be a must have (laughs) just you know they somehow they were able to pull that off and um, one of the great, one of the great marketing coups of all time. One thing I would like to add to that, Tony, uh, if you don't mind, is um, it's 
so they're manipulating the law of supply and demand because diamonds. So what dictates something's value? It's it's scarcity, right? Yeah, that's one thing, definitely. The harder, like you know, following the rule of supply and demand. When something is in high demand and low supply, the price goes up, right? Mm-hmm. So here we have diamonds. Dude, they're a dime a dozen, but we've been brainwashed to think that they're very, very, very rare. But what it is, is this family that you just mentioned, the De Beers family, I believe they're Danish. Couldn't so this, is, this has been going on since like 17, 1800, something crazy, right? So they are basically, they have a monopoly on the diamond market and are price fixing. So diamonds would be, would be, you know, like an opal is a very valuable stone. Why? Because they're rare. Diamonds are not rare at all. And they would just be rocks if it wasn't for the fact that the De Beers family is limiting the flow to the market. So they trickle the supply into the market to keep the price high. But meanwhile, they've got tons of them that they're keeping on ice because they can't let them into the market or it'll drop the price. It'll drop the price, right? So it's this total artificial manipulation of the market that's been, you know, our whole lives and then some, like our grandparents' lives, right? Well, when I heard about the whole De Beers thing as far as their marketing, I remember thinking to myself, it was, I never even thought there was a time when that wasn't the thing to do. Like when you get married or you to show wealth and to show class and you had diamonds. Right. right? I mean, I, I didn't know there was a time before that. Apparently there was. Right. Wow. There was a time before diamonds, a time like before De Beers. Years weren't the standard for this you know like now any any woman that gets married <laughs> expect a diamond wedding ring right well you know it's what always I, a diamond ring now isn't it yeah well what i think is really cool a new trend that has started and i can credit the millennials with bringing this one along is now people are getting tattoos really so they'll get a ring tattooed on their finger but how much did it cost us? 400 bucks for both of them. <laughs> right. And, and it, and it, to me, it says even more because you can't take that motherfucker off. Well, not without a laser. Right. Exactly. <laughs> not without a laser, another 400 bucks and a bunch of paint. Uh, ouch. That's going to hurt. So, Right. <laughs> Where where the no more slipping your wedding ring off to go bang this chick, right? Like, no, that's out the window. You're fucking you're committed, motherfucker. I just think, you know, when I look at some of these um these con jobs, really, you know, that how some of these folks actually get away with this. And you know, you gotta give them credit for you know, making us think this is what we have to we have to have. You know, and again, they you know go back to the that whole uh, right wing con job of you know if if you're an environmentalist somehow you're you're kind of a pussy that that's pussyish and I it just is makes absolutely no sense because like you said clean air and clean water don't we all need that yeah, don't where's we? the benefit of 
dirty air and dirty water. That doesn't help anybody. No, cancer, cancer and, and, and health ailments due to pollution is a benefit for nobody, right? Absolutely. And, and the thing with these things is it's like, it's like we're experiencing now with COVID-19. There is no boundary. There is no limit. Right. So if you have the most fucked up healthcare system of any, you know, industrialized nation in the world. Oh, guess what? We set ourselves up for this situation. Well, guess what? If you pollute, you're setting yourself up for cancer rates that are going through the roof and da da da. And, And you're dependent on which way the wind blows to make sure that you don't get cancer. It's crazy. Right. Absolutely insane. I mean, you know, and in 2020, I feel like we're living on such a small planet because of, of, of our expanding knowledge, right? And knowledge of the universe, our solar system, the universe, pollution, global warming, all this shit. But we're not slowing down how we fuck this place up. Like we, it's yeah. I mean, I. It's just one of those things where I can't, I, I can't really wrap my head around it. Thank you. you know, because thank you. That's the best way to describe it. Is is that's why I brain farted and I just froze because I was in the middle of sent of a sentence and I'm like, where do you even go with this? Right. Well, it, it's the whole idea, Dave, that science doesn't matter, expertise doesn't matter. Facts don't matter. History doesn't matter. And we're seeing this in such a huge way with the Trump administration right now. We saw it in something that is so unbelievably consequential with this pandemic. Science didn't matter. He fired a bunch of people that were working in the administration left over from the Obama years to help with what, what do you do when there's a pandemic? It was actually it was actually a uh, it was actually a, um, a group that Obama had set up. Um, Bush had laid the track work. Bush Bush Jr. Good old George said uh, he said something. Unless we're prepared for a pandemic in advance, we'll never be able to react in time. So, according to that speech, and I just saw this this week, according to that speech that that. Bush made Obama enacted this and and put put a, a strike force in place, a pandemic strike force. So you're exactly right. Uh, Trump disbanded that strike force because they were quote unquote needed. But the whole reason they were put in place is because unless you have them in place beforehand, yeah, you're fucked. Well, I imagine they're. Um mission statement is to stay abreast of the situation where these breakouts might be occurring coordinated with um you know health organizations around the world to know if if it's happening here where is it spreading you know how do we put a stop to it and all these types of things and then even with trump getting rid of all those people dave he was still briefed that the situation was occurring, this these th- certain things need to be done, and he chose to ignore them. 
Yeah. And it, I don't know if you've heard, but Fox News, who were, you know, were really uh, parroting what the president was saying, was, you know, doing that themselves. And they are actually being sued now, I understand. Wow. Because of putting people's lives in danger. About time. Huh? Uh, Fox News getting a lawsuit. That's all. You know, where that's going to go, I, I have no idea. But, and, Again, they, these are the kind of things that cannot be. You can't have an opinion on this. They said those things. It's on tape. We heard Trish Regan say that this was, you know, just something to get the president. We heard the same thing uttered by um, Sean Hannity. It's another impeachment hoax. Okay. And now you've got all these people, Dave, that are already. That are already they've been greased for so long to like can't trust the media. Oh, those scientists, what do they know? You know, like are they are they're just a bunch of green New Deal people, right? Right. Green Revolution people. First, so what do they know? Full circle back to tree huggers. Yeah, they're just a bunch of pussies. What do they know? Okay. And, and, and there me, again, let me just clarify that. Like the fact that we use like oh what a pussy. As somebody that or something that is weak, shouldn't it be what a mm -hmm. dick? Because <laughs> if you want to compare the strength of something, you can stretch a pussy a mile and it ain't going to tear an inch. And I think that's a Bill Cosby quote. <laughs> <laughs> but dicks are very fragile. Very fragile. And they, and they got those balls hanging below them, which are even more fragile. Like you, you just touch those things too hard and they freaking hurt for a half hour. However you want to label it. But I, I mean, I've been accused of being a wuss because I drive the speed limit and I don't need to speed up to the car in front of me. Yeah. I'm driving down the highway. How come you're not risking your and life, I, you pussy? Look at my my friend who said this. His name will will not be mentioned, but I'm like, are you kidding? You could throw a first name out. Let's like, just not do last names. Well, it's it's, it's my friend Ron, uh, and he, he says this to me, and I'm like, I'm sorry. It's somehow manly to zoom right up to the next car. Yeah, I don't I don't get that. I'm and then I, I just want to want to get to the the place I'm I'm supposed to get to. Alive. Yeah. And then if you do <laughs> zoom up to the car in front of you, to the car in front of you, you're that asshole that's tailgating them. <laughs> right? Like, motherfucker, what did I do? Get off my ass. Pass me. Pass me. Pass me. Right? All right. I mean, one thing I hope that you and I, David, um, I know we're not getting a tremendous amount of listeners at this point, but hopefully this um, our listenership will grow. And what I would like to get people to understand, though, David, is Science matters. We're up to and seven listeners. Do you, now, if they tell two friends and they tell two No, I'm telling you, there's um, a storm taking off. We have 75 listens and seven listeners. So exactly. If they each no, tell two people. I hope, I hope. And I just want us to be able to make sure that, you know, this whole thing about uniting, uh, rallying around our president is wonderful. You know, we are in a time of crisis, but we still cannot forget the response and the whole lag up until the very up until today it's still this way dave yeah you know can i comment on that for a minute for a sec sure please so I, I, one of my dear friends 
has just embraced Jesus. Which is a little hard. Okay. Which is a little hard for me, right? It's yeah. like it's yeah. like a heavy metal buddy. My buddy Howie. You know Howie. I yeah. do. Um singer for an awesome punk rock band, the Earwigs. We practiced in the same space for when I was in Bad Karma. The Earwigs and I, we shared a drummer and a, a practice space for three years. So, you know, a lot of, lot of time spent together. He's a good man. But, you know, when, when things get hard, people look start looking to places. Right. And, and, you know, I just want to preface this with, I got nothing to say negative about any, you know, any of you that are religious, whatever you do, you, whatever works for you. Awesome. My father was a minister. The reason I'm not religious and the reason I hold animosity against organized and I'll specify organized religion is because I saw the hypocrisy within the church, friends of my father's that I saw on a personal basis. And then I saw them in the church. I saw that hypocrisy firsthand and uh, yeah. So I'm just going to leave it at that. I saw that hypocrisy firsthand. So anyway, I love my buddy Howie, but he said, you know, we can't get political in a time like this. Kind of, kind of adding on building on what you just said. And Tony, okay, so yeah, let's not let's not create further reasons to divide. However, this is not a time to just put on blinders and accept what we're told. You always need to maintain critical thinking, especially in important times. I think it's absolutely a necessity for what's going on now, how we move forward, and not to mention. We have to learn from our mistakes. We have to what 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 went right and what went wrong, and that's why we pay attention to history, Dave. You know, and you, uh, for, for folks out there who don't care about history, I totally understand. And you know, this war happened on this date. It doesn't seem like it has a whole lot of relevance, but there are aspects of history that have a lot of relevance, and how we deal with and how how we dealt with pandemics in the past. I'd say that's pretty relevant right now. Super relevant. And how we've dealt with fascism in the past, how fascism has risen up in what was a democratic nation, right? This has happened time and time and time again. It's happening here now. And nobody's talking about it, Tony. No, I mean, I, you know, you can, I can look right now and just go back in in this administration, Dave, and even earlier administrations where more and more power is given to the executive branch. Yep. And once that power is there, the next guy doesn't really want to get rid of it either. Thank you. I just right? saw a documentary on Obama, and it was talking about how Obama did not usurp the presidential powers that George Bush demanded under Wartime Act. He's like, right. hey, I kind of li- I kind of like this. I think I'll just yeah. So he did. He kept all those powers and then expanded on them. And then you come into Trump, and all of a sudden, Dave, it's like, oh, you're being investigated. Oh, who's leading this investigation? <laughs> you're fired. Okay, and that's just 
that's just okay. And then getting congressional subpoenas. Well, I, I always understood that you just had to show up. But what I've learned um, in the interim, Dave, is it's a request. It's kind of the uh, it's kind of the honor system on that. There's no mechanism in place. Congress doesn't control um, the military, right? They don't have a police force. They can't go and drag the the president to testify. Like if if you're just a regular person. Then yeah, I guess they can they can go after you. No. But they can't. Now explain that to me, Tony, because this is where I get lost. You and I do this shit. There's there's fucking there's a fucking knock at the door. If you don't answer it, there's a battering ram through your door. You're zip tied, hog tied, carried away. Maybe in the middle of the night, and this has happened to an to a fucking reporter, Max Blumenthal. This happened to a reporter recently, Tony. This year, taken away middle of the night, three four in the morning. You're like, oh fuck, where am I going? Oh, thank God, not going to Guantanamo. Okay, we're good. Going to a local police station. Thank God, right? But really, really. We're, we're tolerating this. And, and and I want to specify, you and I, you know, it's not a personality fair. I don't give a fuck who the president is. Trump, fucking Biden. If anybody is usurping this power over the people, that's the person we need to worry about. I don't, you know, Trump is just a symptom of of the problem, right? Obama was, you know, horrible. Biden is horrible. Like any of those people that are on the top echelon, they're horrible, right? To a certain degree. Who's I the mean, most I, I, I don't see Obama as as horrible as, as you do, but I, I think you and I both established through our conversations over the years that we are not on a team, no. right? We like, you know, you've heard me criticize Obama on plenty of different things and why I would uh, grade him higher or grade him lower as a president for certain things. What do you give him an overall Um, grade? I would say he's a C plus B minus. I give him a D. Okay. So we're going to, we, there's definitely some, but but that's not that thick, right? C. you said C plus C minus. C plus to a B oh, okay. minus. Okay, so so we're going from C yeah. plus to D. So that that's a little bit of a stretch, but that's not huge. Um, no. And it, the reason um, I would give him that rating, Tony, is because of the promises and the delivery. Right? He he fucking lifted us up so high with the promises. Right? Oh, he's really overrated. Oh. He's a very he's a disappointing president. I call him sure. a Trojan horse. I think he promised us everything we needed. He gave us everything we needed to hear. One with a landslide. And then he reneged on all of it. On most of it, I would say. I mean, there there are certain those aspects. Um, me, for The first thing for me is he just didn't get us out of those wars. Well, and the, the, the bailouts didn't help either, even though... It was a big part of getting the country back on track, and I give him a lot of credit for that. It didn't go to where it's supposed to go. It's kind of like these new bailouts that we have now, Dave, where 
if a lot of money is going to the people who need it, I think thumbs up for that. But if there's a huge percentage, you know, big, big chunk of it that's going to corporations and basically to the corporations and people who need it the least, why are we doing that? Right. I, that just doesn't make any sense. I, I at couldn't all. agree more. I couldn't so, agree more. Like currently. Yeah. Well, let me just, let me just finish yeah. this point really quick. With in Obama's case, you know, all the bank bailouts, and it was great that the things got you know got paid back. Obamacare was paid for. Um, the TARP money paid back. The auto industry survived, and now is thriving and has been thriving. Those are great, but all the people had to lose their ten homes. So bankers, bankers could get a better ten million deal. people. That was like, yeah. I mean, I, I have to downgrade him on that. I mean. He just doesn't look progressive enough. Can I those type of? Well, those can, type I, of can I chime on that just real quick? I, I don't yeah. want to dwell on sure. on the Obama or the bailout or, or the 2008 bailout, right? right. But I just right. I just want to touch on that because I think I think we're 90 percent in agreement here. Um, where I have a real problem with Obama is not the wars. That was I mean that's atrocious and horrible. But it didn't feel like I got totally just like gutted. What got me, Tony, hmm. was the bailouts. Like, really, you're going to bail out the people who created this system. And, and, and let's backpedal a little bit. So Bill Clinton deregulated the banks. <clears throat> he removed what was called the Glass-Steagall Act, which prevented investment right. banks from doing normal banking. So he, so now the lines are blurred. Wells Fargo, where you deposit right. your money, can now take that money and do high-risk investment banking. They can gamble. And potentially lose the and, fucking house. And also, David, they don't have, there, there was a mechanism in there that said they had to have enough money behind them while they were gambling with other money. And that that became like, okay, they don't have to have that money behind them. Like in case something screws up, you, you save for a rainy day type of thing. Getting rid of Glass-Eagle also got rid of that as well. So they were able to just, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be highly leveraged and I'm going to gamble. And then when you come up snake eyes, the whole house. Right, which is even worse. There's nothing to fall back Which on. is even worse. So let's, let's backpedal a little further more even. So... Our banking system is known as what's called fractional reserve banking. What that means is the bank only has to have a fractional amount of the of the deposits on reserve. Yes, that's what I was talking about. So this about is right sketchy, there. but Go this ahead. has been going on for hundreds of years since since before the Great Depression. And we've never fixed it. And this is the this is the ultimate evil with our banking system, Tony. So they only have to maintain ten percent. So you deposit a hundred bucks, they only have to keep ten bucks. They can now give a loan for ninety dollars. So you deposit a hundred, they loan out ninety, but they only have ten. So if you come back for your hundred, they're short ninety. 
if that other person loses their ass, they're short 90. So they're actually risking 180% and they only have 10. It's crazy. fucking, it's monopoly money crazy, Tony. Like the, the people that yeah. made up this game and it is a game, right? Because here we're, it's the shell game all of a sudden, right? Like, no, motherfucker, I have my $100,000 life savings with you. Oh, sorry. Here's 10 grand. What? What? I worked for the water company for 30 years. I retired. I got my pension. I got my lights. Nope. Here's 10 grand. I'm like, what? And that, it's just and basic that, common sense, Dave, and they don't that's have That's if it's federally it. insured. Like, holy shit. So, right. so my ire with Obama goes to that point. He had the option, mm-hmm. and uh, oh, God, I wish I had this clip at my fingertips right now. But there's a clip of Obama's finance of the, the I think it was the head of the Treasury. And he's saying, Mr. President, their chests are bare. You have to strike and bury a spear while you can. And he said, and then he, he his next follow-up sentence was, they're all debt merchants anyway. So all they do is make money off of debt. They're not creating anything. They don't create a product. They're not helping anything. They're just making money off of debt. Right? And that is a construct because it, it, I think you and I agree, if there's no nothing created, you created no value. So how could you create worth without a thing? <laughs> right pretty good pretty at fucking it. good at it so pretty that's really what gets me about obama is that he had the fucking chance to dig the dagger through the hearts of these evil monopolistic too big to exist banks and now and he let he, them he off paid them he... off he could have paid off every single homeowner and allowed those homeowners to continue paying their mortgage. And then if the if the homeowners were paying the mortgage, wouldn't the banks have been okay? It sounds like that would have worked out better for everybody. But apparently, you know, when you do it the way they did it, very few people reap the vast majority of the benefits. Thank you. And that's where we are now. And if, if for our listeners out there, if you really want to um, tune into this, Front PBS series um, uh, Frontline has done a wonderful, wonderful uh, profile of the Obama administration, and it really breaks this down really well and tells you that they had those, they had those bankers, Dave. They were afraid. They were afraid of huge fines. They were afraid of more regulation, and they were afraid for the of going first to time jail. since the Great Depression. And none of those things they were afraid. And the the fines when they they sounded fairly substantial like they the big numbers but they weren't the numbers that really made the bankers afraid and basically david it came down to a thing it came down to a situation of um the cost of doing business 
right? It's like, you know, you got to commute to work, but it's a good job. It takes you a little more time, costs you a little more money, but it's the cost of doing business. It's totally worth it. And that's what happened to the bankers. And when you get to a situation like that, Dave, it's like, well, if we're not going to be penalized for these things and they really benefit us to do this, what's to make us not do it again? It's like if I rob a bank, Dave, and I get away with a hundred grand and they catch me and they find me 10 grand, why won't I just rob a bank again? <laughs> I mean, I think you, if the penalty sense. does not make it prohibitive, does not make that activity prohibitive. And, and i.e., my example is the BP disaster, the Deep Horizon disaster in the Gulf of Mexico. I think they were fined, you know, not even a hundred million dollars. Right. So yeah, these it guys like, what is that? It didn't even touch their <laughs> yearly profits for that year. Right. So unless you're going to take somebody's yeah. profits and make them fucking feel it. That you, yeah, no, well, if you're in a situation, Dave, where the economy collapses, it has a major drain on the world's economy because this is – it's like if California goes under, Dave, what happens to the rest of the country? If America goes under, well, what happens to the rest of the world? Because we're so interconnected with these things. When you have a situation you know, uh, that grave of that magnitude and you catch these people and they've actually done some things wrong – how can you just let them off the hook? How can you not? I, I, you have me, Tony. You have me. I mean, th that's where I start saying we're slipping towards fascism. Because the will of the corporations are, us are, are, are usurping everything else. Here we are with that clip that I was referring to. So this is a clip from Oliver Stone's Untold History of the United States, Bush and Obama in the Age of Terror. Uh, this was a 10-part series on Showtime um, that was adopted from a book, um, and Oliver Stone directed this series. But here is a quote um, referring to Obama having the chance to slay these too-big-to-fail banks. He had the chance to let them fail, and he chose not to. And here's what the, uh, the head of the Federal Reserve said. Former Federal Reserve Chairman Paul Volcker urged Obama to act. Right now, when you have your chance and the breasts are bare, you need to put a spear through the heart of all these guys on Wall Street that for years have been mostly debt merchants. But it didn't happen. The bailout. But it didn't happen. And the numbers that I've heard are that uh, with the money that Obama gave the banks, he could have uh, give, if he would have given that <clears throat> to homeowners, it would have paid off every single mortgage in the country 
Imagine that. Now you've got no mortgage and all that. So you're either going to invest, you're going to buy more stuff, you, you know. Imagine the stimulus to the economy. And if all these people stayed in their houses and continued to pay their mortgage because they didn't lose their ass, well, then wouldn't most of the banks been fine because everybody would have been paying them? It would have only been a couple banks that would have failed. And we had the chance to let them fail. But anyway, thank you for tuning in. This has been Dave with Dave Smith with And Another Thing with Dave. Thanks for tuning in. So we're up to eight platforms now. Pretty excited about that. We're on um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, um, Spotify, and more. Uh, I've also got a podcast on YouTube, video podcast. It's a more abbreviated version. I like to do the long form here on the audio, but... Uh, can check out uh, my podcast on YouTube and another thing with Dave. And I also started a group on Facebook, Progressives Unite. So uh, it's got a picture of an American flag with a peace symbol. So you can join that if you want to keep further abreast of progressive news. Anyway, thank you so much for tuning in. Please feel free to, uh, if you're on Anchor.fm, you can leave a one-minute audio comment, and I will include that in the podcast. Um, Otherwise, please leave comments. Peace out. Keep fighting.